I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And it is an intuitive treat to be here today. We have with us Christina Rice. Christina, how are you going, Sister Bear? I am doing so well. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to have you here. For those tuning in to Christina for the first time, she's an intuitive, she's a channel, she's an energy healer, best-selling author. She's here to help people make powerful and practical spiritual shifts in their everyday lives. How are you? That is, I just want to say, how are you going? How did you get there? <laughs> like, so much. I can't wait to unpack in this conversation. Um, but yeah, let's, 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 let's dive all the way in. I would love to learn what, during the journey, journey of the Inspired Evolution generally, I found that usually there is kind of like a breaking down to break through that people go through that actually before they find, oh, this was like the, this was this amazing, holy, it's like the hero's journey, right? Like you you face the dragon and your demons before you come back and go, this is the sword I slayed the dragon with and check out the sword. And it seems like you've done a lot of work um, to pop out on the other side and go, hey, these are my gifts and my offerings to the world. And we're definitely going to go into that in today's episode. But I'd like to sort of go back and sort of, you know, because we do run the risk of going, hey, check out all this amazing stuff without actually going, hey, where did all this amazing stuff come from? And acknowledging the journey that we go on as human beings. So I wanted to tune in, were there challenges? How did you get here in your journey? Like, because you don't really graduate 
high school and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be an energy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's very, very I'm going to try true, and help yeah. people manifest stuff. You know, it's like, yeah. you know. So yeah. I wanted to sort of tune into, like, yeah, your story. And it can be as long or as short as you want to. Uh, but, yeah, what would you, how would you sort of give us the, the play-by-play, if you will, in terms of how this manifested into your life, the, like, manifestation and energy work? Yeah, well, I would say it was... It, the buildup started for like when I was two years old, you know, so the buildup was all the way there. And then there was a breaking point when I was um, about 19, when I was in college and that buildup my whole life was really my, a lot of mental health issues. And I struggled a lot with pretty severe anxiety and clinical depression. And I felt like I was in this dark night of the soul existential crisis my whole life um, mm. from a very young age. And I definitely I know it was hard for my parents. They didn't really know what to do with me uh, between everything I was picking up emotionally, energetically, and just how intuitive I was. I didn't use that word or I didn't understand what it was, but I was, that was where a lot of my anxiety came from because I was such an empath and feeling everything. And I could see right through people and I could see things that other people couldn't see, but I didn't know how to articulate it because I was so young. So I had that going on with the anxiety. And then with the depression was this just deep questioning of like, why am I here? And Mm from a young age, just getting really frustrated. I would ask my parents, like, I don't understand why people are so mean. I don't understand why people are suffering. Why is there so much hate in the world? Why am I here? What's the point of this? And that was something that I struggled with really my whole life. And I remember just going through school, like every day asking like my parents and even my friends, I'm like trying to instigate these conversations and no one can really uh, answer it for me. But I thought, I just don't believe that the point of my life is to come here go to class, do a sport, go home, do homework, have surface level conversations and hate my life. Like I was that kind of kid who, who would say that, you know? So I always felt that way. Uh, and I was really depressed because of it. And every therapist I went to just kind of said, you know, screw off, like take an antidepressant. And I was like, I'm not going to. Uh, so I, I struggled with that a lot. Um, and then I had some physical health issues going on for a while that really hit ahead when I was uh, in, in college. And I had a, a trigger moment where basically after that, my body stopped digesting food and my organs started shutting down and I lost about 50 pounds in two to three months. So I was, I was sitting at about 70 pounds. Um, you know, I didn't have, you know, it was, it was scary and I had to drop out of school. I was eating like 10, 12, 15,000 calories a day, and I was still losing weight and it just felt completely out of control. And it really made me took a, you know, I really reevaluated my life at that point where I had like kind of lived my whole life being this perfectionist type, a high Mm. achieving person living my life for everybody else. And I wasn't really happy. And I was, I was on this track, you know, looking at like when graduating in my career and I was really depressed looking, like looking at that. I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to hate my life, but also this is what I have to do to be successful. And I felt like it was all mapped out in front of me. Mm. And when I, when I'm 19 and I'm, you know, my whole identity is ripped from me is how it felt. And all my friends are having fun and, you know, uh, just thinking about worrying about things that didn't really matter. And I'm like, I'm waking up every day spending you know, going from nine to five, going to different doctors and specialists and being told again and again that I'm either lying or I'm going to die. And that's a really not a fun way to live when you're that age, you know? And Mm. so it just really put things in perspective. And I, I started to think, well, 
if, if this goes this way, like my organs are shutting down slowly, but surely, and my time is very limited and I'm not going to continue to live my life doing what other people are telling me I should do to be successful or to be happy or for external validation. And it's like, what do I actually want to do? And what actually Mm. makes me happy? So I started to become honestly, a lot more confident, uh, internally. Mm. And I had to be because externally I the way people treated me made me really just kind of contemplate, you know, how our appearance affects how people view us. And I was, I had food thrown at me on the streets. I would have people send over food at restaurants. I was like embarrassed to go out in public. Mm. Um, you know, I had a lot of judgment and I had to build a really thick skin mm. and really like kind of fight for myself, you know, but mm-hmm. that whole experience, there was a like a clear breakdown point where I realized no one is going to save me. Like Mm. I'm either going to save myself or I'm not going to be saved. And that is when I said, okay, I'm going to work. And the next day started just going deep into, uh, the books, into the research, into all of the, you know, lifestyle changes. And that's how I found holistic health. And I got really into, um, like kind of the paleo space and biohacking and Mm. became obsessed with that and started learning about natural supplementation and lifestyle changes. I started meditating and doing yoga and really turned my life around and my body started to heal. And I got back to a place where, you know, I, I was at a stable weights, my body was working. I could go back to school. And at that point I thought, wow, I found my purpose. I really want to focus on this. And so that led me to the path of becoming a holistic nutritionist. And I worked with a lot of people with different chronic illnesses and the type of person who like me have been told, like you're you know, there's nothing you can do here. And I just don't believe ever that there's nothing we can do or that we've exhausted all the options. I don't Mm. believe that. Um, I think I believe everything is curable. I genuinely believe that. And then, you know, my, uh, my health was fine. And then it got worse again. And at that point I started opening myself up to energy. Mm. My doctor I've been working with recommended I go see an intuitive. And I thought I'm open to whatever, I saw her and that kind of set off this cascade of spiritual events that shifted my life. After that, I had a dream to become an energy healer. And I thought, why not? So I started (laughs) learning uh, about energy work and I kind of bumped into somebody who became my Reiki master at the time. And I started just exploring all this. And I just knew I was really pulled toward it. And I was willing to try anything with my health. Um, So it was kind of all the same time where through doing energy work, my intuitive gift started, started opening up. It was the first thing in my life that I was so good at without trying. And that was a, mm. it really messed with my mind because my whole life, I was always like the best at everything, but I tried so hard. And it was the mm. first thing mm. I ever did where I'm like, I'm holding my hands up. Is anything happening? And I was getting this feedback about how incredible it was. And I'm sharing what's coming through intuitively. And it's like spot on, on the, like on the dot dates, times, names, uh, you know, everything was so accurate. And I thought, whoa, like, this is wild. I'm not even trying. Uh, and that was a really important experience for me to just like recognize like what it felt like to be in a flow versus trying to force and fight Mm. uh, my way to being good at something, you know? And so at that same time, I, uh, I had found out that I had Lyme and mold illness And I started getting really into neural reprogramming, brain rewiring. And so I decided I'm not doing this like 
aggressive health protocol thing anymore. I am going to go the energetic route and the neural reprogramming route. And so I really focused on those and I healed my Lyme within about six months. It was a pretty rapid turnaround. Um, and I, I, you know, through all of that was using that with my clients and people were getting incredible results. And I really started leaning more in that direction. Um, you know, after that, I, I fell into business coaching more because a lot of people have been asking me how I had built my, you know, practice, um, so quickly and, you know, to what it was. And I was doing that for a while. And then eventually, because what was underneath everything I did was always like at its core, it was my, the energy work and the intuitive work, whether I was doing business coaching or nutrition, really the foundation of that was always energy work with people, neural reprogramming, and everything was just the intuitive work. So Mm -hmm. I eventually just decided to go all into, into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that kind of, that's, that's where I'm at now. So that was the the story here. It's been very interesting, but you know, it all ties together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And there is so much in that I can, yeah, you you summarized it really incredibly. Thank you so much. You can tell Christina has her own podcast. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, in there, one of the things um, that there, there is so much that I would like to like to pick out, even just you know finding something that you're good at, and the first time you sort of pick it up, and you're like, oh my god, you know, it's just like it's just it's calling me rather than me be, me trying to call it. You know, that's there's so much magic in there. But um, the place that I really wanted to wanted to dive into was it's a it's a difficult one for me to articulate but hopefully we can get into the rub that I'm trying to pick out which is you know there was that point where um you believed everything was curable yeah and things started to get worse and this was something that I really was interested to ask you today and you know when you feel like you're building your business based on your intuition and then sometimes things aren't going as well as you would have hoped. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. personally how do you how do you interface with that you know for someone like i can just imagine for myself it's like okay i believe in the vision and then it's like actually but things aren't exactly going how i hoped and you know now potentially having gone through a whole bunch of ups and downs there's an opportunity to recognize that maybe i'm being called to pivot but Mm -hmm. when you're interfacing with it it's like 
what do I do with this? It's like, I believe in my tools. Like I believe everything is curable, but holy cow, like I'm getting worse. Like, how, like, how do you continue to believe? How do you continue to support your energetic state through those challenges? Yeah, well, do you want me to take like a business lens on this? Is Whichever that, way, whatever works for you, whether yeah, it's personal well, health or business, because I know <laughs> for you they're all interwoven. It's such a yeah, um, yeah. I love. Well, I, love well, I would, health. I would say, I would say from a health perspective, I'll, I'd rather I'll go into the business because I feel like that'll be more helpful for people. But from a health sure. perspective, it at that at that point, it's like not a question of oh, is this is this curable or not? It always is. It's just, what's the right tool for me? What's the modality? What's the place I need to look that I haven't looked before. Uh, and so, you know, I, when people, people always are like, I've tried everything. No, you haven't. I promise you haven't like you've tried everything. No, you haven't. You haven't tried every practitioner. You haven't tried every modality. I promise you there are so many modalities that don't even have names. You've never even heard of, right? There's always something else out there. Um, and so it's just like, how far are you willing to look? Right. Like, like how much are you willing to expand yourself? And there's a reason why you're not healed yet. It's because you're being guided towards something even better, something else that you need to learn or something else you need to discover within yourself or about yourself. So it's all about, you know, like th there's a reason why the issue is still there. It's serving you. It's guiding mm -hmm. you to something even better. And it's the same thing with business. So if we feel like, okay, I'm, I'm using my intuition to build my business and it's super in alignment and I believe in my vision one of the other a few things to look at here one is is my vision coming from a place of ego or is it coming from my soul really because mm. often people will anchor into a into a vision and that's what their brain thinks it should be or that's what sounds good to them but is that actually is that actually on a soul level what's going to be in highest service is that actually on a soul level going to be what's in alignment with the mission itself and so for me i know i always have to second I have to check myself and say, okay, if I want to create this, let me check in. Is this in alignment with the mission or is this a distraction? Is this really mm -hmm. coming from a place of highest service and what I'm here to do? Or is this something that just makes sense to me? And it seems like it would look pretty and sound pretty. Right. And so this is about really anchoring into soul and mission over ego and just, you know, comparing ourselves to other people. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is, you know, when you have that, that vision and you know, this is what you're here to do. We get to be pleasantly surprised at how that comes through. And we get to be in this beautiful creative process of what if I could create something? What if I get to create something that I've never even seen before? I don't even know what it, what it, what it looks like. That's really exciting and allowing that creative expression to move through us. And so often what's happening is we're trying to bring through uh, our gifts in the mm. way that we've seen done before. But what if that's not mm. actually authentic for you, right? Mm -hmm. So we can use it as a template, but like what would actually feel really exciting for you? So I always talk about this in terms of, I'll use myself as an example with different offers. I always tell my clients, like we need to tune into the consciousness of the offer itself and how does mm. it want to be brought forward? What does the container actually want to look like? For some things, it's going to be better delivered in a larger group setting. For other things, maybe it needs to be one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe it needs to be a smaller group. Is this best as a self-paced course? Is it best as, you know, guiding it through, like guiding people through this uh, in a more intimate setting, you know, I'm tuning into the consciousness of the offer. What is the result? What are people, what's the transformation really going to be? And how is that best brought through? Or even, uh, you know, how does it want to be marketed? Every offer wants to be marketed differently, right? And the way that I, I it's going to be authentic for me in marketing something is going to be different than what's authentic for you to, to market something, right? Because it's about mm -hmm. what's in highest alignment 
for me. So sometimes it's, you know, is the offer actually in resonance for me? Maybe it needs to be uh, shifted. Maybe it's the universe is guiding me toward another way, like a more innovative way to bring this forward that I haven't seen before. And so mm. one of the analogies in, in my book that I feel like is really relevant is they use the analogy of a puzzle. So mm. it's like, sometimes you need a different puzzle piece and sometimes you just got to get over your ego and you can't just like jam that puzzle piece in there if it's not the right puzzle piece, but sometimes the puzzle piece just needs to be moved and turned in a different direction. And then it snaps into place. Mm -hmm. And I find that with business as well. So sometimes it's not working because we have an, we have an energetic block around it and mm -hmm. we just need to shift our perspective or shift our approach a little bit. Sometimes we need to shift out the offer or change the timing. And sometimes it's the offer itself or whatever we're bringing forward that actually isn't in alignment. So it's really looking at like, you know, where I find consistent resistance, where it feels heavy, sticky, muddy, that's mm -hmm. a sign for me. Something is, mm -hmm. something is off. And so maybe that vision that I am so committed to, like, is that actually, is that actually the vision, right? Mm -hmm. Does this need to be swapped out or is that still the vision, but I just need to take a different road to get there. Mm -hmm. And can I trust that that's actually going to be the thing that gives me better results than I could, could have ever planned. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things in there. I love. Thank you so much for sharing that. How do you discern? I think the the what the audience would love to tune into is how do you discern head versus heart, ego versus soul? Yeah, I mean that is how do I learn to like trust myself? You know, so I think mm. okay. One of the things that I like to do this is like a practice in my in, in my whole life is whenever I'm making a decision about anything like tuning in and actually giving space to both of those. So when I'm saying, okay, what, do, what, I don't know, whatever the question is, what do I want to create here? Mm. Ego self, please step forward. What do you want to create? Mm. And I let it talk. And then I say soul self, all you have to do is call it forward, right? Soul self. Now, what do you want to create? And you see what you like literally learn to discern the difference, right? So you give both space. The other thing is this is about just learning to listen to your intuition. What is my intuition versus my mind? For mm. me, it feels like it comes from a different place, right? So when my mind is talking, it feels like it's coming from the front of my head. I can, I can logically follow, like I started here, got here, got here. Like there's a very linear process to how I'm thinking, right? When my soul is speaking, it's coming from my heart space. Like I can literally just tune into my heart space and feel it there. It's for me, it also comes like the top of my crown, the back of my head, and it's a neutral loving voice. One of the questions that I always ask myself that I think leads us to, is this ego or is this soul is whenever I'm making a decision, I ask, is this from abundance or scarcity? Is this from love or fear? And those are the two things that will also guide you to, is this ego or is this soul? Because your soul is speaking from love and abundance because that's what it is, right? And your ego is speaking from, from fear and scarcity mindset. So when you're asking yourself, you know, do I want to stay in this job or do I want to take the leap and build this business I've always wanted? And you're deciding to stay in the job is that from abundance or scarcity? Is that from all of our fear? And it's pretty damn clear. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, what do you do for those in those moments where, or for those particular people where they can feel their vision, they can feel the abundant self, they can feel the love that they want to manifest and bring into the world. And in many instances, 
it's huge because it's their expanded self, right? And they can really feel the shift that they want to see in the world. They can feel their own inspired evolution and how they want the world inspired to evolve, right? They can really feel that. But then potentially because it's so overwhelming or potentially for other reasons, the ego just slams on the brakes because it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that scarcity and that fear kind of like jumps in because it's like that is just so expanded. How do you even begin? And I guess even just on a real practical level, like if we bring it back to first principles, people go, that's my dream, but it's not going to pay my bills on the day to day. Like how do you navigate that? Is it just a matter of diving into trust? How do you navigate that step of the journey for people where they go, okay, like I've got this massive vision and I know it's what my heart's calling forward and it's really hard to trust my heart. And even if I take the first few steps, things are potentially going to get worse before they get better. I don't even know if they're going to get better because it might be a pipe dream. How do we navigate that journey? Well, I guess my question would be, well, why have you decided that it's going to get worse before it gets better? Or why have you decided that it's not going to pay the bills? This is the thing. The universe, your soul isn't tricking you. You think your soul is guiding you to your biggest dream to like, oh, just kidding. You're going to be homeless on the street. No. Are you kidding? Like that desire is placed within you for a reason. It's guiding you to your greatest happiness. You know, the real issue is, are you going to give yourself permission to be happy? Like th- mm. that's, that's the question, right? Or are you committed to struggling and suffering yeah. and complaining? Like, what are you committed to? And there's a moment where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm committing to living my life in alignment with choosing my joy and choosing my happiness, knowing that that is also choosing the same for everybody I love around me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is really about trusting ourselves um, more, more than anything else. But the thing is, a lot of this is where we can explore what our limiting beliefs are and actually look at those head on. Right. So when you're looking at, you know, ego versus soul, it's we don't want to avoid our ego. We want to be friends with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. we want to we want to talk to it. It's the ego is like like if I'm the parent and my kid is in the back of the car and my kid is I don't want to I don't want to go to school. It's the worst. Like I hate it. Right. And you're just like, I hear you. I hear you. Tell me how you're feeling. Right. And, and, <laughs> and that kid is screaming and throwing a temperature. I don't want to do it. Right. And then it's like, just try it. Just try it. Just try it. Just one day. Right. And they go to school and they come home and they're so excited. Oh, my God. I met my, my best friend. It was so much fun. <laughs> We played with Play-Doh. Oh my God, I can't wait to go back. And you're like, yeah, yeah. See, aren't you glad you tried it? And your ego is that little kid in the back of the car and your soul self is you as the parent driving, right? Like, Mm. okay, I hear you. Like, you know, I I hear you. I want to hear what you have to say. And also, but what if we tried this, right? Because Mm -hmm. understanding the ego is trying to protect you. The ego is based off of conditioning and past experiences and it only knows what it knows, right? Mm-hmm. It only knows what it's experienced, but on a soul level, like we can see the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't always have to know how it's going to work out. All we have to do is anchor into the vision and trust that when we calibrate to that timeline, we're going to be guided to everything that we need, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is that when you are in alignment with your mission, you are always supported. If mm-hmm. you have a mission and you're like choosing the mission, you're always going to be supported. I mean, mm. I've seen the most, the, the craziest, coolest things happen for people mm. because they're so dedicated to the, to the mission uh, yeah. that they're always going to have the, re- find the resources, the opportunities. They're just going to come your way because the universe wants to support you in fulfilling the mission, right? But this is where it's a, it's a really important thing to look at is what are the limiting beliefs that are coming up for you? And, and if somebody's at that place where their ego is like, no, it's too scary. Okay. Sit down and brain dump and write out 
all of the limiting beliefs that are coming, everything, all the fears, write them all out, get the all out on a piece of paper and look at them one by one. Is that really true? Why are you deciding that's true? Like, and I think, you know, this is where just understanding how the brain works is Mm. very helpful. I know you have plenty of podcast episodes around this related Mm. to neural reprogramming, things like that, where it's like, okay, my beliefs literally create my, my Mm. reality. That's not a woo thing. That's neuroscience, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm literally going to view the world and even pick up on opportunities based on what my subconscious beliefs are. So this Mm -hmm. is starting to bring the subconscious to conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whenever people... Uh, you know, bring up, well, it's not going to work because this, well, why did you decide that you could just as easily decide the belief that is in alignment with you achieving what you want and live based on that. And then watch what you notice in, in your reality. Right. But it's like, if you've decided something is impossible, then it, then it will be because you've Mm -hmm. decided that, but if you've decided that it's possible and you've committed to that, then it is. Yep, I love that. And thank you so much for that metaphor. It's such a good one that you guys in the middle back just going, hey, and you're just like, come on, just one day, let's just try it. And yeah, try like, it Oh, my God. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Are some people just more aligned to courage than others, or is it something that is there for all of us? When it comes to trusting, I feel like the first step, and maybe this is just my story, um, the first step is kind of even just having the courage to trust, you know, it's like, and one of the biggest shifts that came in my life was, I don't know, it was this really trippy journey, and the, the audience has heard me share this one before, but I, for so long in my life, I thought that courage and fearlessness were the same thing. I literally, you know, Braveheart was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I just thought William Wallace, you know, was just fearless and courageous. And they were literally synonymous and they were the same thing. And then it got to the point where I was like at my job, I was like at on site and I was just like eating a cyborg and had the moment, like, you know, you have those moments <laughs> I had a moment, pulled out my phone and just Google the word courage. I don't know what I was doing. I was like, why were you Google the word courage? And I just Google the word courage. And what popped out was courage wasn't not having fear. Courage, the definition was to absolutely have fear and take action in the face of that fear. And I was like, whoa, fear is a prerequisite for courage. If you don't have fear, you actually can't show up with courage. And then the minute that precipitated, the next thing that sort of crystallized right behind it was like, what is your biggest fear? And it's like, oh, not like, what does life look like outside of kind of the people programmed life? You know, that challenge that, you know, as you were describing, it's like, I'm no longer going to be living my everyday life based on what other people want me to do. Right. And so it was like, well, what's actually going on out here? And it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) That was my biggest Mm -hmm. fear. Right. And there was just this massive call to shift to courage. And I was just like, but even in that point, I had a choice. It's like, (gasps) I can feel what I'm being called into with my courage there. But then it's like, and obviously there's trust is kind of the path I feel, but there's that instance of courage. And do you think some people are more wired for courage than others? Or do you think it's an opportunity for all of us? How would you invoke courage um, within the listener to sort of go onto that path of trust? Yeah, it's a great question. and. I think that it's just something really important to point out exactly what you were saying. I was talking about this earlier uh, with on, on an earlier podcast. A lot of people who know me, they think that I, because I make a lot of like big life decisions that throw people off. It's just kind of the theme of my life. I'm just, everyone's like, why are you doing that? It makes no sense. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to tear that down and rebuild this. Like, it may, I'm going to, I'm going to drop everything here, sell all my belongings. Like I'm just that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I make the bold move. And I'm like, I'm scared shitless the whole way through. 
it's mm. not it's not that i'm not afraid i'm just i'm comfortable feeling afraid and still i can feel my fear and also right next to it also hear my intuition screaming at me and yeah. if i'm gonna pick one i'm certainly not picking the fear right mm. i'm like certainly going to pick my soul that's screaming at me right yeah. which one can i actually trust you mm -hmm. know and so that is uh you know i can only speak for myself but any any big decision i've made that's led me to the greatest rewards i have been afraid through that you know and yeah. it's really only until getting the other side and i would say the fear has lessened the the more evidence i've given my subconscious like hey every time we take this leap every time we do the crazy thing that soul says yes to like it works out so it's been it is that because you're you're shifting the pattern right so at first mm -hmm. it's really scary i remember the first time i ever did that like made a big life decision like that i was so afraid but there was a moment where i was like i'm only gonna find out if this works if i try it like i'm only gonna i'm only gonna learn to ride a bike if i get on one <laughs> right? yeah. and yeah. i might fall I might fall, but like, or am I just going to look at the bike forever? Like at a certain uh -huh. point, I just got to get on it. And so the first time I was really afraid. And then as time has gone on and I make these decisions, the fear still comes up, but it's less so because I have so much evidence to my subconscious brain that it always works out, you know, and like going back to that, that piece of like, what am I really afraid of? You know, I think that's a really important question to dive into. Like, like really, like, what am I really afraid of? And that's going to be different for everybody. But I know for me, when I really sat with that, um, my one of my biggest fears is unintentionally settling. Like one of my biggest fears is looking back on my life and thinking <laughs> I settled for 80. I settled for 80 percent like that scares the shit out of me. And yeah. in that, honestly, that is like what drives me to like, you know what? I am going to take every leap to get 100 percent of what I want. Because I'm not going to risk being in a situation thinking, is this 80%? Like, I can't live that way. I honestly can't. I just can't, you yeah. know? And so that very much drives a lot of my, I, what you could say are courageous decisions. What I would say mm. about courage, going back to your original question, is I actually think it's very similar to how I see vulnerability or how, how I see stress, mm. where what is stressful for me and my body will be different. Like I have a different stress tolerance than the person next to me. Right. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, like this mm -hmm. something that stresses me out might not stress out the person next to me. Right. Mm -hmm, and vice mm -hmm. versa or with vulnerability. So there might be something that somebody shares that it's, it feels so vulnerable to share. Mm -hmm. And I could share a, a similar thing about myself and I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel vulnerable at all. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying this, you know? So I think we just have kind of like these different, call it a, a tolerance or capacity. Yeah. yeah a threshold, yeah. you know, for, and I think that's the same thing with courage. Like what, what, what pushes me to my limits where I'm like, whoa, that was a courageous decision I made, um, might be a different threshold than the person next to me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, some people that you might view as like more naturally courageous, the, the way that their lives pan out, mm -hmm. they're probably going to experience these like more aggressive life experiences mm -hmm. that do mm -hmm. push them to their limits because that's how we grow, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't grow when we stay comfortable. That's, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where the discomfort comes because we're literally stretching. Like you're the rubber mm -hmm. band. It's got, it's got to stretch a little bit, uh, for yeah. you to grow. So that that's part of it. And I, I, I find that like, uh, people's life trajectories, uh, it, it's all, um, it makes sense in alignment with how much pushes them out of their comfort zone. So mm -hmm. people who have these like crazy intense life experiences, like they're usually the people that naturally are a little 
more courageous you could you could call it so it's all it's yeah. all relative it's like trauma right trauma is relative mm. yeah i uh the big one <laughs> i loved and i i really uh share in just what you were describing in terms of the propensity that we all have and it's individuated and thank you so much for for honoring that um and yeah just the you know we all have this propensity for fear and it's almost like you know when you were just which what am I going to choose and do I choose out of fear or do I choose out of love and even if I was just choosing the ode that I was hearing was like I'm choosing it for the version of me that I would like to be not even for the outcome do you know what I mean like I mm -hmm. would do it for rewiring myself to be that person that chooses this way <laughs> rather than mm -hmm. even God knows what I'm choosing <laughs> but yeah. I would just be that person and you know, that was a, that was a step, like, it was a, actually not, not so, but it was about three years ago. And I remember this real palpable fork in the road for myself in my, in my work, and my business. And it was just like, and up until that point, like, you know, there was always like a clear morally high decision. Like it was always like, yeah, morally, this makes more sense or financially, this makes more sense or, you know, relationship wise, this makes more sense. And there was always like an inferior and a superior option. This was the first, like, genuine fork in the road, call me blessed, touch wood, I don't know, call it whatever, call it naive, <laughs> call it immature, I don't know. It was only like three years ago that I hit a genuine fork in the road and uh, I had to choose. And then like everything, like like you said, the, the kid in the back was like, go this way. <laughs> like, the ego was like, that's the way. And then, um, but you know, the intuition, the spirit was like, hey, what about like this feels right, this, this could be good. And it's like, oh. This is the way. It was like, oh, yeah. like, but this is the way. It was like, but this could be good. And it's like, oh, shit, what do I do? <laughs> and uh, you know, in that moment, it was actually the thought that you just shared was actually so profound because that changed my whole trajectory. And then COVID happened, and that made a lot of reasons why spirit was potentially guiding me touch wood that way, because the previous way wasn't actually sustainable through that two year lockdown that especially Australia went through. And the, 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 the thought was, hey, you're on the journey as part of this inspired evolution tribe and community. What do you think those on the inspired evolution, like the people that are on that path, which voice would they be listening to? And I'm literally coaching myself and allowing the inspired evolution design to hold space for me. Um, and be like, well, this is the inspired way to, to, you've built all these tools, listening to all these podcasts, doing all these podcasts to tune into your intuition. You can actually hear it this time maybe let's just see where it goes. And even if it doesn't work out after about two months, you can always pivot actually and go back to what the other ego is calling you. Let's just take a couple of steps in that direction. And that as sort of like an ode to just doing it to reprogram and shift even just your identity and relationship with self to sort of say to yourself, hey, I'm the guy or the girl or, you know, now there's so many <laughs> pronouns, but I am what I am to be able to take that leap, you know, be able, I can be that person that makes that shift and I, I'm deserving. Mm -hmm. I often, another one of the questions that always guides me, I always find the right, the right question is like the key that unlocks everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I will ask myself, like, what choice am I willing to take responsibility for? And so when I think about big decisions I've made, like, let's say it's 
for me, it's been, there've been multiple times where I've literally torn down my entire business and like Mm -hmm. rebuilt something totally different, made a huge pivot or leaving a big relationship or making a huge move, you know, big, like big decisions in my life. And I might be contemplating and I'll think, what am I willing to take responsibility for? Mm -hmm. And when I, when I think about that, I'm like, I'm not, do I want to be the person in a year where I'm like, I have to take responsibility for the fact that I played it safe and that I chose to stay in a situation where I'm not happy. Like Mm -hmm. I I'm choosing my own torture at that point. I'm choosing Mm -hmm. this for myself. Right. Or am I willing to take responsibility for taking the leap, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't work out? And I am always like what I will take responsibility for is taking the leap, even if it doesn't work out, not choosing to stay in a situation that doesn't serve me. That is what I'm willing to take responsibility for. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, you know, what we're talking about with, with vision and, and what you were saying about, you know, like the version of me that's, that's making this decision or moving forward. Like that's why we have the visions, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, who are, who do we become in that process? I mean, that's what manifestation is. It's not about any tangible or material thing. It's about like how we want to feel and who we want to be. And mm-hmm. the way that you create it in your reality is you be that person right now, right? So this, this version of me that I think I'm going to be when I have that thing, right? When mm-hmm. I, when I'm at the place where I built the vision, here's the thing. What if you never get there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can be that version of you like who, who do you have to become for that vision to be in your reality? You can become that person tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. in the way that you think it's in the way that you show up. It's in the energy that you bring. It's in the decisions you make. You know, for me, I have done it very tangibly, practically like in different leaps with my income, for example, when I was, you know, first starting my business and I thought, you know, who do I get to become to have consistent 10k months to have consistent 30k months to have consistent 100k months like i went through that step by step and i realized it wasn't about the money it was about who i got to become in the process and i realized me when i'm having 30k months i make decisions very differently than me when i'm having 100k months right i'm showing up differently my energy is different i talk different i delegate differently (laughs) it's more about who i am in that process than even even getting there right and so it's like that relates, you know, for me back to that question of what am I willing to take responsibility for? And like, I want to look back on myself and be like, yes, I did the brave thing. I did the courageous thing. I bet on myself every time, because that's really what it comes down to. Do I trust myself? Am I going to bet on myself or am I going to bet on somebody else? Am I going to give my power away to somebody else? Right. And for me, I will bet on myself every time because the only person I can trust is me. (laughs) (laughs) there's so much in there that is yeah yeah how do you interface with um the rub when because there is potentially we run the risk of those tuning in going is that faking it till you make it and for me person two parts of the question is that faking it till you make it and but the second part of the question kind of butchers the first part of the question, but anyway, we'll just ask it. Um, there's this piece for me, which is like, you know, is gratitude the best hack or not? Um, is there a better, like, or what are the other tools in there? Because for me, it's, I find the easiest way to call it in is like, you see the vision and it's like, whoa, that's amazing. But then it's like, it, I it can interface with that overwhelmingness, which happens a lot. It's like, whoa. And then where do you begin, bro? And it's like, ah, and it's just really huge. And then it's like, okay, I'm grateful for the fact that that 
if I can hold it in my head, I can hold it in my hand. And I'm so grateful that I can see it in my head, which means it's just a matter of time. It'll be in my head. And I'm just like, I start by exercising gratitude for the vision. And that gratitude then slowly just continues to sort of step-by-step actually helps me actualize things. That's the kind of easy, and I don't want to call it the hack. Maybe that is the formula, but that's kind of the easy hack. And I call it a hack because it's the shortest path that I've found in my own world. Um, But I know that manifestation is your whole thing <laughs> and just like kind of these are just some of the things that i've learned on the journey of the inspired evolution but yeah two parts faking till you make it and how do you overcome sort of that energetic kind of like wah, 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 um if that was a uh, a thing and uh that's an adjective now by the way wah, 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 wah. and um and then what is the best tools to help us actually manifest um is gratitude one of the key ones and potentially what else is in there yeah. So the faking it till you make it, I think it's all, it's all perception, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so if you perceive it as faking it till you make it, like, what's the problem with that? First of all, but also, is it really faking it or are you right now living a lie? Mm-hmm. Because more often than not, that's what it is. Like if you're living from programming, conditioning and fear, and you want to own that as your truth, Okay. Right. But when I look at that, I'm like, my truth is love. My truth is joy. My truth is abundance. Like that is who I am on a soul level. That's who we all are. Right. Like we all are love and we're multidimensional and we're so freaking amazing. And it's like, that's my truth. So it's not faking it. It's like, that's actually me stepping into my realist identity, you know, but the thing is like, so there's that. And that's how I Mm -hmm. see it. What, how I see it is it's more about unraveling all of the, the limiting beliefs and the the conditioning and the programs that aren't us. It's about releasing ourselves from the illusions, the things that aren't us, right? Because if you think your truth is to be depressed and struggling and frustrated, I mean, I would look at that. I mean, if that's what you want to believe, you can believe what you want, but I don't believe that that's anyone's real truth. I think that that's, that's the lie. I think that's the faking it, you know? And so what all of this is, it's coming back to our own truth of who we really are, mm-hmm. which I believe is love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to, you know, is it faking it till you make it? Well, only you can know what feels authentic for you. You know, yeah. so if if I am saying today I'm showing up in this energy and it feels really good for me, that can, that feels so authentic. But like, I mean, I know that within, within me, but if I'm moving through my day and I'm like, this does not feel authentic for me, then it's not authentic. So it's, yeah. that's really just such an individual thing about like, can you be honest with yourself um, mm-hmm. about, about how, how you're feeling? Does that make sense? It totally does. It totally does. Yeah. And, uh, part two to the question so gratitude helps me click into for mm-hmm. as, as a key step for my process how, what are some of the key tools in there for helping people okay i've got the vision how do i actually how do i actually actualize oh i went there how do you actually actualize <laughs> that manifested that vision that you see into the the 3d reality of your life yeah i mean there are so many tools you can use but mm-hmm. When it comes to, so if I have the big vision, then I'm anchoring into like from a few different places. One, again, who do I get to become for that to be a natural part of my reality? So who do I get to become where a byproduct of me being that person is that already drops in? Does that make yeah. sense? So that's yeah, really it's almost what it like is about. part of your cellular being. And then it's yeah. just like the, the outer world will shift based on the cellular shift that you've already invoked in. Yep. Exactly. So, and that's really the key to everything. So it's like, if I want to be a New York Times bestselling author. I don't know. So it's like, okay, well, who am I when I am that thing? It's not about how do I 
become a New York Times bestselling author, it's like, who am I? Where that's already a part of my reality. How am I showing up? How do I wake up? How do I move through my day? How do I think about things? How do I manage my time? What does my daily schedule look like? Right? Mm -hmm. Because the way that you're living when you're a New York York Times bestselling author is going to be different probably than right now. Like, are you even making time to write? Mm. Right. And, and when you start to think about that, we can get some really tangible, like, how am I showing up? How am I thinking? Like how, what's my energy like in the morning? What's my morning routine? Things like that. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is where we can get clear on what's the aligned action. So what am I looking to create and what's the action in alignment with that being my, my reality, we have to actually do something right Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to align with it. With that, the next piece is what are my limiting beliefs around this? Where are all of the bits of me that don't believe it's possible or don't believe that I'm not good enough or it's not part of my reality? That's mm-hmm. all of the stuff we have to go into. That's mm-hmm. Those are the things that block us from being a vibrational match for that thing, being a part of our reality. So we need to go mm-hmm. into those limiting beliefs and start to shift those subconscious beliefs. It's all about the subconscious work, right? It's all about mm-hmm. raising your vibration. It's looking at when that's my reality, what are all the things I need to release in my reality right now so that my vibration rises and then I'm a vibrational match for that thing because mm-hmm. raising your frequency is more about what you release than what mm-hmm. you add in, right? So looking wait, at wait, what's wait, my wait. friends can are you just say, Can you just say that bit again? <laughs> can you just say exactly yeah. what you just said again? Raising your frequency is more about what you release than what you add in. Just drop the mic and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? So it's like when I'm a New York Times bestselling author or I'm an eight-figure business owner, who am I hanging out with? And you look at your friends, right? Who am I giving my energy to? And you you look at your extended family, right? Like, like how am I, what's my evening routine? Like, what am I eating? And you, you look at your, you know, Taco Bell. Like, it's like, no, this isn't a part of my reality when I'm this person. So I got to start releasing these habits, these behaviors and often relationships. That's mm-hmm. honestly the biggest thing for people Ooh. that holds them back. It's always you the relationships. You went there. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a big one, isn't it? And it's because it's it's such a dynamic part of our lives. Like we love, and because obviously there's that, like we love the people that we're around. And I say this to, you know, I find myself saying this to on many coaching instances to people. It's like one of the biggest shifts I ever had was losing my best friend to my value system. And it was just like, yeah. what the, like, it's, it's such a, it's a massive transformation. Cause obviously you realize, well, my values mean that that much to me, kudos to me for taking touch with that step of the journey. But also at the same time, it's really painful to lose your relationships and your friends for yeah. Releasing man. Wow. It is painful. And I totally acknowledge that and understand it. And it's, I'm not saying it's, it's easy, but it's Mm. also, it's the thing. It's the thing that holds people back. And I have found myself again and again, am I going to choose this person or am I going to choose me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, am I going to choose my vision and my mission, or am I going to choose this person being comfortable? Am Mm -hmm. I going to choose like not rocking the boat? And this goes back to like, who are you living for? Mm -hmm. The thing is that what, what's really underneath that is truth. Because the people who are truly for you, like there's no risk. If they're really meant to be in your life and they're really a match for you and supporting you in your expansion and growth, they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, but at a certain point you decide, or at least for me, it's like deciding, okay, I'm staying in alignment with my authentic desires and what I'm here to do and my mission. And the people who are meant to be along for the ride will keep up with me. And if they're mm-hmm. not, they're gonna drop off. But I can't slow myself down or dull myself down to make somebody else more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Cause then that's just painful for me. And I'm, but I'm creating that pain for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, a lot of this is people not wanting to realize the truth of their relationship, like where we, we don't want to admit what's not serving us, you know, mm. and we start to realize, well, why am I even in a relationship with this person? Uh, what, is it just because of convenience, comfortability, mm-hmm. just because we've always been in a relationship? What do we actually have in common? You know, mm-hmm. but relationships are the thing. And I know people don't like to hear it, but they're often like the thing that are holding people back. And I know that's not, that's not easy, but Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, the truth always sets us free. And so it's better to, to be aware of what that is. And in fact, when you can recognize what relationships aren't serving you, it doesn't always mean that the relationship has to be cut out. But now if we can see the truth of what's going on, we can often like shift shift the energy of the relationship. We can shift the dynamic. We can show up in a different way that actually offers that person an opportunity to, to show up differently as well. We can set up different boundaries so we can continue the relationship. It's not always just like a, a, a cutting it out. Uh, but you know, you let other people have the space to choose if they want to step into their highest selves or if they want to continue their bullshit, <laughs> you know, at least, at least give them that that opportunity. And I know for me, like just in committing to my path, I've, I've just watched this of, you know, some people drop off because it's just not a match anymore. Other people, I kind of watch like the dynamic shifts in our relationship. And because I'm so committed to this and I'm showing up with a certain vibration, they actually start to shift themselves and Mm. they, they meet me still. And there have been people that I honestly thought were not going to stick around in my life who have, because mm-hmm. like they've been given the, the opportunity to, you know, shift and change as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just where, you know, the truth really always is like our living our truth always is the answer, but mm-hmm. it is often the relationships, like relationships can be anchors that, that are mm-hmm. holding us down. So I would definitely look at the relationships. And the other thing I'll just say with the manifestation that's so important is is listening to your intuition because like once you've aligned with the vision and you've like basically aligned with that timeline, your soul is going to give you the information you need to make that happen. Even if it doesn't make sense. And this is where most people like don't manifest things because they don't listen to their intuition. They're trying to logically map out how it's going to work. And your soul is trying to guide you to the shortcut, right? So it's like, if I'm trying to manifest a million dollars and I keep getting this nudge to go to a different grocery store and I'm ignoring it. Cause I'm like, that doesn't make, I don't care about that. But what mm. if at the grocery store, I bump into somebody who's about to give me a million dollars. It happens. Mm-hmm. So follow your intuition. Yeah. Wow. That last one was <laughs> yeah, like really helpful as well, because I, uh, I find, yeah, it's, it's, it's so once again, the vision drops in and the ego sort of goes in and goes, yeah, that feels so yummy. It's so expanded. And then like the ego jumps in and it's like, logical steps. How do we map it out? <laughs> you know? And then it's the intuition piece. Thank you so much for, um, for, for calling that back in. Yeah. The, the intuitive leap that you're inviting us through on this podcast is, is huge. I really, really, really respect, honor and appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just the, the way you help describe the, the limiting beliefs, um, really powerful. And even just the, yeah, just the practicality of, I think you distilled it so well um, in the way that you shared it. I've never heard the two things put together so cleanly when you were just like, you raising your frequency 
it's just you overcoming your limiting beliefs and it's just like oh it's like that's the that's the kind of feminine conversation in terms of like raise your frequency and it's like the masculine conversation is overcome your limiting beliefs and it's like oh uh, boom so that was a massive 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 piece thank you so much for dropping that in i i absolutely love that and you know it speaks to the the spiritual journey as well like just the way you described it in terms of like yeah it's it's about releasing and letting things go and it can be really uncomfortable but you know, when we start thinking about even, you know, on a spiritual journey, it's, it's, it's constructive in some ways to think about death, not to get too obsessed about it, but to think about it, you know, and think about at that last juncture, it's again, once again, about shedding and releasing and letting go, right? Like non-attachment to the nth degree um, and learning to sort of exercising some of that release, you know, to sort of allow what is meant to flow through um, for you. So Christina, there is so much ground that we've covered. Um, the book you wrote, how was the journey for you in terms of writing it? What inspired you to write it? Who'd you write it for? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, this book is a channeled text. So uh, I, uh, you know, as, as a channel, I'm working with uh, different non-physical entities uh, mm. and I basically work as a scribe. Mm. So about a year before I wrote it, um, I kind of, I was told that I was going to write a few books and got the general topics i said okay cool and then it was uh january of 2020 when i got the directive all right set aside a weekend in april and in may and you're gonna channel this so i set aside two weekends and um just channeled the text it took me about two and a half days to bring it through and it's all about the energetics of manifestation. It's actually mm -hmm. very practical. Uh, mm -hmm. and it reads much more like a personal development book than a spirituality book. So even mm -hmm. if someone's not super woo, uh, you know, it's, you'll get a lot of very tangible <laughs> information mm -hmm. from it. It maps out how energy flows like very practically. And a lot of it is there it's around reprogramming your limiting subconscious beliefs and mm -hmm. raising your vibration and what, you know, like how do you actually become a vibrational match for what you want? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's what it's about. And I, you know, this book I feel came through, well, I don't feel like what I have been told intuitively is it came through right now because we're at such an important, you know, shift on the planet and, mm -hmm. and how we really view ourselves, we view the world where every people are waking up to like, there's more here than I realized. And we're mm -hmm. waking out of this hypnosis of, oh, I'm just going to like go to my nine to five and then go home and like eat dinner and watch TV and go to sleep and do it again. Like, that's just mm. like, it, it's like we're robots and we're waking up out of that of like, oh, there's this thing called life. And I actually get to co-create this. And so what does that look like? And people are starting to realize like, I want more. I'm craving more. I'm craving connection. I'm craving joy. I don't want to live to work. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want like to create a life that I love and mm -hmm. people are waking up to that. And so what does it really look like to create your reality? People mm -hmm. are ready for that. And as the frequency of the planet shifts, I truly believe that a lot of the things that we, that we did before just aren't going to work anymore. And I know people are feeling this more than ever before. And that's why a lot of people are going more in the spiritual direction because, you know, I'm seeing business owners. They're like, 
I'm just stuck everywhere. And I've tried everything that's not working or with the physical body Then I mean, we've never had so many people with autoimmune disease. Where does that come from? That's all spiritual, right? Or like all of these different like health issues and all of these more uh, like 3d practical approaches, they're just not working anymore. Why? Because we're being pushed to understand how energy flows and work on the energetic plane. Like this ties back to what we were talking about earlier on in the podcast. Like, what do you do when you have the vision and it's just not working or I'm following my intuition. It's just not working. We're being guided to something better, you know, and I have seen people that I never would have expected to be into all the stuff I talk about come find <laughs> me and they're like all my, it's not working anymore. Or like the number of even like Western doctors who are learning about energy and we're learning about, you know, like manifestation and like neural reprogramming and things like that, because the old tools are not working. And Mm -hmm. so this to me is a very practical guide for like everybody of like, how do you actually work with energy? What does that mean? What does that look like? And how do you actually create your reality in a very Mm -hmm. tangible way that doesn't sound so fluffy? And, you know, I, I never really resonated with manifestation content. It was never really like my, my thing. It just sounded to me very like kind of fluffy. And what does that mean? Mm. Uh, like, do I write down what I want a hundred times and sprinkle an essential oil on it? Mm. I don't really want to do that. Um, I want to actually make a shift and that's why like what's in this book is really, it's, it, it's what works. It's about the life shifts we make. It's about how we make decisions. It's about identifying the beliefs that are holding us back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how to listen to your intuition and how to identify those anchors that are holding you back from raising your vibration and how mm-hmm. to actually direct energy in your life. So you can like consciously decide what you want to create because mm-hmm. we're manifesting whether or not we realize it. So we might as well do it consciously, right? You're mm-hmm. always creating your reality based on your belief. That's just how it works. And mm-hmm. so you can either do it unconsciously or you can bring it to conscious awareness and create the stuff you do want. Mm. I find myself often sharing that, you know, it's probably the most, <laughs> the, the most callous way. I don't want to use the word callous, but it probably is. Um, but it is the most effective way at the same time is, you know, to overcome your limiting beliefs is to take an inspired action in a different direction that inspires you and calls you. Um, and I, I know when I, when I say that, I watch my coaching clients go, oh, cause it just calls them right out. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm going to take a step. Damn it. I wish I could just write it down a hundred times and spring some essential. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, that the part of, uh, you know, tuning into your book, there is such a massive um, call to action in and around that as well. You know, um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of reflect that back because I know that we do run the risk of people tuning into a podcast on manifestation and energetics, forgetting about the piece around inspired action. You call it bold action. Um, yeah, do you want to just sort of share the piece around how important taking actual, like taking action and aligned action, sorry, is, is what you call it, um, is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is to like create, right? Or like manifestation, man, me- meaning hand. Like it's not about just waiting. Like the whole point of it is to take the power back into your own hands. It's not just to mm. sit around and like watch what falls into place. No, it's like, I'm actually creating it. If I'm a creator, I have to take aligned action. And like when you think about it from the sense of everything is energy, every signal that I'm sending out is basically adding momentum to a timeline or to what I'm creating, or it's not. And so Mm. every word I say, everything I think, every action I take, that's all, those are all signals to the universe. That's all adding, putting energy in a certain direction. So if Mm -hmm. I say, 
if I say, I really want to get out of my nine to five and I want to create this epic business in you know, whatever area. And I'm saying that, and I keep saying that, but 95% of my thoughts, like everything that's subconscious is I'm not good enough for that. It's not possible. Okay. Well, that's a stronger signal in that direction. Mm-hmm. Or I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that, but then on on the weekends, when I have an opportunity to do some work on that business to get me out of my nine to five, I'm choosing to not, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, what are all my choices? What are all the actions I'm taking? That's all like, that's all energy work. That's all adding energy to a certain timeline. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to remember that you are the creator. You are the creator. And if you're the creator, of course, you have to take action and alignment with it. No one's going to do it for you. You have to co create. So, you know, it's like without the action, nothing, nothing's nothing's going to happen. Yeah. I love that. And even just uh, the way you described that, you know, it was recently that it started to precipitate. Like I found the the Bible verse that, you know, we're created in the image of God, quite, uh, quite an audacious <laughs> sort of cloud. I was like, whoa, man, human beings think much of yourself. Um, but then, you know, the, the fact that we have the ability to create and we are a creation is kind of like, whoa, that's a bit of a trip. Actually, I kind of see what you're putting down there. Uh, just mm-hmm. the, the ode to, to creativity that's in there and, and taking the steps. And I love how you describe that. Yeah, the manifestation, it's it's the hand and actually taking, you know, making things happen and, and actually bringing them to the fore. So you mentioned even also for your book, the time is kind of now, not even just kind of, <laughs> it's now. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, the last question that I love asking everybody on the Inspired Evolution is what is the Inspired Evolution meet? Like what does an Inspired Evolution for humanity, for the collective, for the universe, whatever, whichever, whatever speaks to you, what does an Inspired Evolution mean to you in your heart? What is the bright tomorrow? I would say we're what that looks like for me. Like if you think about the earth, I know we're creating is people remembering that they're creators and taking responsibility for that and choosing to act from, from that place of love. And we're going to have to fundamentally shift the way that we speak to ourselves, treat ourselves, choose, but also speak to and treat each other. And if you look at what it would look like, to live in a world that really is an unconditional love. Like mm-hmm. that is a collaborative space. That is a space where people really are living their mission and their purpose. And everything is like provided for because we're all just filling in the holes based on following our natural inclinations, our inspirations, and things that light us up. And it all seems to sort itself out um, because everybody's following what's authentic to them, not what they've been told to do or what uh, this person over here is doing and copying them. It's like, what's authentic for me? But if you think about what it really looks like to live from a place of unconditional love, and then you look at like, I'll just use a social media landscape, for example. I mean, we're kind of far off from that, but for us to get there, it's going to require every single person to individually like take responsibility for their choices, for their actions. And consciously, you know, in each moment, like how can I respond to this from a place of love and like see a bit of me in that person, because we all mm. are connected. And it's remembering that we are, we are all connected. We're all mirroring for each other, right? That thing that triggers me that you said is about me. It's, it's shining a light on something within me and like, what a beautiful moment where you can be my teacher. Right. Mm. So to me, it is about really being conscious and mindful of our thoughts, our words, our choices in relation to ourselves and other people. And if you just like 
choice by choice, thought by thought, word by word, ask like, how could I shift this to actually be in alignment with love? Because that feels good. And we all do that individually. We've shifted the entire collective. Mm. Christina, Sister Bear, thank you so (laughs) much for your time, your energy, your blessings. And yeah, ultimately for bringing us back to love through intuition in this. Oh, such a gorgeous podcast episode. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for your time here today. But Honestly, it's a lifetime's journey like you described to us. And thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly, so openly, so that we may be inspired to evolve and learn and grow on our journey. And yeah, on behalf of myself, the Inspired Evolution Tribe, wishing you all the best on your journey, the link to your book um, and everything that you've discussed and also to your website. We'll drop it in the show notes below as well. So do guys do check it out on YouTube. Um, Sister, thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a good conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, The Inspired Evolution Tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to The Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of The Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.